Welcome to the Negative Space Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and today we are going to hear a little bit from my friend, Paul. He is a marketing professional in the upstate for a local real estate company. This is a little excerpt from our conversation on marketing. We talk about general marketing and some specifics into real estate marketing itself. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank this episode's sponsor, the Blue Ridge Brewing Company. The 4th of July is coming, and you want the best place to celebrate and watch the fireworks. But you don't have to limit your celebration to just the 4th. Come to Blue Ridge Brewing Company and enjoy the Mango Tango while watching the fireworks from their rooftop escape. Found on the wonderful brick of Trade Street, Blue Ridge Brewing Company has been serving the upstate for nearly 30 years. It is nestled in a welcoming place next to the train tracks where they serve wonderful food and smooth drinks. Take a break this summer and enjoy the hospitality of Blue Ridge Brewing Company at 308 Trade Street in Greer, South Carolina. Now, let's jump in to the middle of this conversation with Paul and hear some of his insights into marketing. A very continuous timeline mm-hmm. to now, basically what I would call the for you page. Mm-hmm. Ification. I don't know mm-hmm. if there if is there a technical in your industry. Is there like some sort of like technical term for that kind of rather than chronological? What mm-hmm. <clears throat> what is the modern? What do they call modern flow of your feed? So. I don't know that I could tell you the term for that, but for you, way of thinking about it is probably the best way to do it. Like on TikTok, you have the thing are like what you've, it's measured by how much time you spend watching any particular video or there's people that you follow or not only that, if there's data being shared from browsers to social media. So like if I'm looking up playing cards, say like I love playing cards, I call it playing cards. That is so much of my Facebook feed is then like saturated with different playing card companies and then Instagram as well because Instagram. So, like, what Instagram and Facebook are in cahoots? Yeah, yeah. Sorry to spoil the wrong people. Like, I know most people didn't know that. Like, this is a revelation. So, um, anyways, yeah, it's really just what is being curated by what you engage. Uh, and what data is being taken from. Sometimes when you're having conversation with friends, and that's a little scary. <laughs> I've noticed that. I remember meeting somebody in a coffee shop, and then Facebook all of a sudden was like, people you may know, and I was like, damn you, Facebook. What are you doing? What are you Did doing? you know him? I didn't know him until 10 minutes ago, but then it, like, I knew him after I met him in person at a coffee shop. That all of a sudden he's popping up in my feed. I'm like, yeah, that's not creepy. So, anyways, all that saying. Oh, because they can geotag you. Oh, yeah. As soon as you're within a certain proximity yeah, of someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, I've been disconnected for two years. How are you? <laughs> I'm wondering if my mental health has been helped by that or not. I have certainly seen very few cat videos in the last two years, which makes me very sad. <laughs> but <clears throat> I would say I have lost a lot of pop culture reference in my ability to talk to other people. Like when something mm-hmm. happens, 
It's usually online mm -hmm. or it's being talked about online. Mm -hmm. And when you're not there, mm -hmm. that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. As a marketer, how do you, a digital marketer, mm -hmm. how do you look at someone who maybe does still use the internet? Maybe they use, you know, mm -hmm. certain things on the internet, just not necessarily social media itself. Mm -hmm. How would you go about finding that person? In terms of like networking, finding them or finding what they like or finding what? Yeah, yeah, yeah finding are. like, I mean, I guess market research on someone who mm -hmm. may not have a social media presence. Sure. Because I can tell you right now, mm -hmm. the same things you just described, even though I don't have nothing of the sort, mm -hmm. I still get very annoyingly targeted ads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know you're doing something. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I need to know. Sure, sure. So, so we have, at my job, we have a social media coordinator. So she's the one doing a lot of the social media research side. But she'll use various sites. She'll look at analytics of our demographics and who's, I mean, we're making generalized assumptions about the person based on age group or based on where they're located. Uh, the, just those, like, just general demographic information. So, and then, like, I, I know for like learning what looking looking at what people are interested in. I know looking at forums is still a thing. Like people are are oh, people talking goodness. about are people talking about certain things in forums. Like um so it's it's slower research obviously. Um we haven't done a lot of survey work. I know that's a big part of it and I'm the person who generally skips surveys, so I'm always assuming people will as well. Um but it's just probably data that can be gotten from. Um, most of what I do, just with my methodology, is if I'm, so I'm thinking of, about what people want in general from, so, from, so the, methodology, the, the methodology I use, I know people are wired to survive and thrive. Like that's their base instinct. They wanna be able to survive in the world that we live in and, and not just survive, they wanna be able to do well. They want to be better, stronger versions of themselves. So depending on what kind of product or service that I am helping to market, I will think of the most general broad sense. What is this product? What are the people that are, that might use this product? What are they actually after? And they usually want something external. Like they want the external thing, which is lawn service or a salon, or they want a, they want a nice haircut or they want a um, you know, a, a better, a faster working computer. Internally, though, they are thinking, hey, I want to look good. I want my yard to look better than my neighbors when I get judged. I want my computer to be the one that's up to date so I can keep up with everyone in the industry. They're, they're buying external things for internal, external solutions for internal problems. So that's why most people buy things is there's a usually an external, an internal thing that they're trying, internal problem they're trying to solve. So now based on the demographic of what I'm dealing with, of like and that's where I go into the research side of, all right, what is what are trends that are happening within social media world? Or um, I've never done a focus group. I would really love to do a focus group. I think that'd be really interesting <laughs> just to see what people within my generation are saying or what Gen Z's are saying. I know why. So it's drawing from multiple sources, websites, analytics, 
just what I hear, what I see from right. the social media world. So, And specifically, what kind of demographics are you looking at when you're dealing with real estate? I mean, so... Like, what yeah. is your demographic? Like, I mean, you're definitely not mm-hmm. looking at the... What is it, 16 to 25? Yeah. Age group, maybe some, but not too many. So generally speaking, people that are around our age and younger are not buying homes. They're either living in home or they're still renting. Um, Two years ago, different story. The market was different. Like, interest rates were historically low. I had a friend buy our new construction at 2.86. That was nuts. And um, I have youth kids that actually I mentored that are in their 20s now that actually bought. There are more outliers. Um, so the most people that are buying homes right now are probably in their like late 30s, early 40s, maybe yeah, 50s and 60s retirees, people going in that direction. Moving, maybe, yeah. maybe not necessarily someone who's buying their first home. Maybe someone maybe relocating, relocating or yeah. something very different than... Like you said, mm-hmm. what it looked like two years ago. Yeah. yeah because yeah. we live in the upstate of South Carolina, mm-hmm. and we know two years ago, some of you didn't. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. We're grateful that you are here. Do not get me wrong on that. Yes. It is just... You make the city better. Know that. Like... We are glad to have you. Diversity, different mental, different ways of thinking, like that's desperately needed out here, please. It is. And so. we want your alligators. Don't <laughs> let those loose anywhere in the area. We don't want your terrible traffic. You can take that and go home. <laughs> but we'll take you. Yes. <clears throat> We're so. glad you're here. Tr- truly, truly. A lot of relocations. Yep. Lots of people relocating from, especially within the last uh, 10 years. Yeah. So, um, early 40s mm -hmm. into their mid 50s, early 60s. Yeah. So it's a. That's what I'm seeing. Most of the closings that we've been doing have been, um, they're in a 35 home. It's a fixer upper, but they, yeah, I mean, they work. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. And the, what they were paying for fixer uppers now is what we were they were paying. <laughs> but, Yikes. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh man. Well, I'm glad there are still closings. That is good to hear. Houses are still selling. Like it's just a little a lot of competition still. When there is a house to be sold, you know, people are are you're gonna find multiple offer situations where Right. For a very large purchase. How do you market a home to someone? Mm-hmm. Like I understand, like you, you had previously previously said we mm-hmm. buy things based on what inside we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Yep, I guess is a very terribly simplified version of saying what you said, but okay, yeah. For how do you market a home to someone who is? Hey, I could live in my parents' basement for free. Or, hey, I could buddy up with a bunch of friends and we all live in an apartment together or a big house. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you 
make homeowning appealing mm -hmm. in 2023? Sure. Generally speaking, renting, you're still throwing away money. I mean, you're not building equity on anything. You aren't really control like like on the situation like if someone needs to rent we get it but uh, we have a saying within real estate which is uh, marry the house date the rate so like you could get a house now and then like but later on if rates do come down you can always refinance on it so because um, at least from where we're standing we're hope we're hoping for a more balanced market earlier in the like like earlier in the year and end of last year, rates were up in the sevens again. And it was like, what is happening? And which is such a stark contrast from just a year. So we tell people, like, if you're going to buy a house, like, get it now if you can. Like, if you have the money to put down or depending on what area you're looking in, you could get a house for no money. Um, that people are in. We're not going to say, everyone buy a house just because. Just buy and get a house because. Like, you've got to be right for you at your time. So, um, so aside from the financial side of mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. what are some other appealing things mm -hmm. of owning your own home? Yeah. Please tell me I've owned my own home for a while <laughs> and I'd love to know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I yeah, yeah, love yeah. owning my own home. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. And mm -hmm. I mean, like it's so, I mean, it's your space. Like there's. You are investing in a future. And I was helping one agent, like she was trying to market two families. And what I came, with, came into it with was like, hey, people want to build a life. So this is a space to make memories in. This is a space to, to call your own. This is a, a space where you're investing in a future. Um, so using that kind of phraseology. So, let's see, I'm trying to think. Yeah. The idea of yeah. owning your own space and crafting that to your creature comfort. Uh -huh. So that is an appealing idea. Yep. You can choose your aesthetics. You can choose your... You can make it into what you want it to be. So you have that control over it. And it's work. Like people got really romanticized about... With, they really romanticized the whole fixer-upper thing. Holy cow, wait. You cannot do a fixer-upper in 30 minutes. <laughs> Correct. What? I know, right? I thought this that... Is, this was a lie, Joe. I thought Joe, that, too. I tried to get Joanna, into it. What, Chip and Joanna, Chip right? Chip and Joanna, yeah. <sighs> right. Yeah. They fooled us all. They fooled us all. Yeah. That was such a big thing. The, 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 and it's, it is truly a beautiful thing. It's just... It is the work. It is... Our, my boss, he did um, investment properties... There's a handful of realtors that are renovating their own homes right now, and I'm always hearing about um, We, My parents built their house up in a little place called Travelers Rest, South Carolina, years ago. I remember just that being such a labor of, being such a labor of love because it is just so much work when you're doing it yourself. So, and if you love that kind of work, more power to you. Um, I do not love that kind of work. I am the least handy person you'll ever meet. Um, uh, I can paint, and that's probably about it. Uh, so the if you love the work, great. It is a discipline. You're just putting, you're just chiseling away at it, and just thinking of the rewards you're reaping, which are just this beautiful space and possibly the opportunity to make money off of it if you're an investor. Um, so the investment side is a big thing. Like, 
So to answer that question, we help in real estate investors. We do have a property management division within the company. So the people that are buying homes for investment properties, which well, probably a handful of them have multiple properties that they own. But yeah, if you want to make an investment portfolio and just build that, you know, quote unquote empire of just, you know, renting to people, that is an appeal there. Um, and just in a world where we need multiple streams of income to, you know, still ways to, there's still me money to be made within that realm. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. It is not a yeah. zero sum game. No, no, by no means. So what about... <clears throat> Because I would not remember to edit this out at all. I had a question. Financial, mm -hmm. um, the potential. Mm -hmm. What about for like a person who is considering, hey, should I buy my own house? Mm -hmm. What are some advantages about finding the house that fits not just, you know, your aesthetic and the potential like years down the line of selling it mm -hmm. but the benefits of owning your own home mentally in a place that is or close to a thing that you are highly invested in mm -hmm. yeah. does that have any correlation to something yeah, location's a big thing. I mean, if you're close to activities you love, recreation you love, if you love hiking mm -hmm. and you want to be 30 minutes away from hiking, you might want to look up towards Traveler's Rest and houses near NGU. If you like more city life and stuff like that, you're going to want to look downtown. Like, if you... Um, I saw my the same friends who bought recently. They, they're new parents. Like, they have a... He's almost three, so... But he's, they're still new parents. Or not, they're not, they just, with it, where they are in their life, like between daycare and job, the wife works in Spartanburg, um, uh, they work from home. So, but like, but he, I think he goes in the office periodically. They, they found a house that was like literally 10 minutes from their son's daycare. And that was a big push for why they wanted this home. His brother is, the husband's brother is in construction. So he was like, no. I know how to do some of this stuff, and I have a brother who's really great at this stuff. So we're like, we want this house. It had a good, they had a good, got a good deal on it. They got the layout that they wanted. They just had to make some changes on it. They were willing to put that work in. So locations have been huge. Right. So the home I, that. Go ahead. The reason I asked yeah. was, I, and this has been over a decade since this mm -hmm. was a thing that I remember reading, which could be wildly wrong, mm -hmm. but they said for every like. 30 minutes you are closer to work, your cost of living would go down by like 30000 or $20,000. So, or not necessarily cost of living, but the improvement to your day was as though you got a like $20,000 bonus. Sure. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you moved from driving 45 minutes away mm -hmm. to driving 20 minutes away... I used to do and mental, mental. your gas price yep. goes way down yep but then there are some of those people that are like they need that decompression rate sure so like that 45 minutes might be the only 45 minutes in their entire day that they're alone sure yeah <laughs> they might need it um i think that speaks to every situation i wasn't sure if you had met anyone where they were like you know what 
We don't care how ugly it is. We don't. We, the we just we know exactly where we want it. Yeah, th- those cases puff up. Like I said, every every situation is different. So, one of my friends, she she was commuting from Spartanburg every day for an hour. She had she. Yeah, I mean, location, she needed somewhere closer, and she ended up moving closer to, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I know those, peop- those people exist too, like, they just need, they like the drive, and they want the, they want the commute, and, like, you find what's right for you, and, you know, you know what you're willing to put up with, I think, was something that our, our, our broker in charge says, is that when you're looking for a home, it's usually a process of elimination, more than it is, like, finding everything you want. Like, if you find everything you want, good for you. Very rarely does that happen. Like, you're usually, like, willing to give on some things but not on others, or people find their dream home, quote-unquote, like, probably more often than not. But the, but, well, more often than one would think. But usually you are compromising on something, whether it's a layout thing or a location thing. It's like, you might have drive a little bit farther, but you'll get this thing in return. You might have to, you know, It'd be really close, but you had to deal with this layout thing, right? You yeah, knock down a wall or something like that. So, yeah, it's a it's a compromise game, and whether that's on price or sounds like a shifting dream. Yep. So, and I've I've met people that have bought a house and then a year later they're already selling it. Like, wow. they, yeah, that, it happens. Like life circumstances can change. Right. And, yeah. Quickly, you can, and, or you can just something. Just you just want out. Like I've seen it happen. So it's. An interesting world, uh, especially with purchases this big, like marketing for a large purchase versus a small purchase. Like, um, I, from what I understand, like from what I've seen, any kind of big thing that you take with a longer sales process, you market and you nurture someone like a little bit less frequently. So, with something as simple as shoes, for example you can send out many emails within a shorter amount of time. And that's what, that's because that sales process is like cart, buy, ship, and you're done. Like mm. for something as complex as a home purchase, which is multiple parties and big investments and like that, you... Counties, yeah, cities, governments. Whole life, whole life uprooted. Like it, <sighs> you, obviously that is... That is something that when we when we nurture those, when you, when you do nurturing for that kind of purchase, I'm, we're talking to them maybe every once, like maybe one or two, once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And um, the saying is like people don't buy at least within uh, StoryBrand, people buy when they're ready to buy, not when you are ready to buy. Right. So you're not when you're ready for them to buy. Yeah, exactly. So any kind of marketing that you do, it's just literally getting them ready for when they are ready to buy. If you're doing anything from nurturing emails or sales emails, you're not only keeping them top of mind, but if you're a good marketer, you're giving them information that will help make that purchase easier. Hmm. And be like, hey, they've sent me good stuff. I'm going to talk to them because they need to seem to know what they're talking about. So, so you are helping as a more in the copywriting realm. Yep that right there happen well, correct? Happen well. What do you mean? Or, like yeah. educating your customers and per- caring for your customers mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. in many different ways over the course of a long mm-hmm. period of time for when they are ready, mm-hmm. they can say, hey, you know what? 
That's the goal. I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. And it's also, you know, knowing there's the personal touch of how well you've networked and things like that. Like, there's send closing gifts and they'll do, all, they'll do all kinds of, a lot of realtors will do all kinds of stuff to just uh, really make an impression on their clients and yeah. build those relationships with them. So that counts. Everything, every little bit creates an experience and that's the thing you're trying to provide is how, not only uh, gets people what they want, but also helps them experience transformation within their life. Mm. So, Interesting closing gift you have seen a real estate agent give. I've seen agents give, like, you know, I've seen gift basket, baskets. I've seen all kinds of stuff. I think there's one realtor who gave cutting boards. Okay. I thought it was cool. Um, I've seen some realtors make like homemade plaques that they like just, you know, welcome home, but they're like handmade items. Um, I used to work for a company called Cutco, so I sold the knives, and I know realtors that give Cutco knives as gifts. That is not a bad knife to give. It's coming. Okay. I hate the train. No, 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 no. I love the train. I love the train. It sucks when you're doing this. When you're recording, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt. Yeah. And every last thing that I've done to devise to get rid of it is. And we're going to take a break here in a few minutes, so. Get some. Um, When you buy your first house, what do you hope your real estate agent gives you? <laughs> You're like, man, those, those were good knives. Those are good knives. I still have my knives, knives, man. I love my knives. They yeah. great. Like a whole homemaker set. That'd be awesome. Um, I've, I've become more practical as I've gotten older. So the tools uh, there. I spend, I only see more lot of some of our realtors, like a handful of our realtors, like a little bit at a time. Um, yeah. I don't know all of their dealings necessarily. For your market research. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do any survey work, you might want to be like, hey, mm-hmm. what is the, what would be a nice gift for you to receive? You know, mm-hmm. you give them like five, six choices, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not telling you how to do your job. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I am one of those people where I start thinking that, that part. Like, I wonder what, I wonder what a person would actually like. Mm-hmm. I wonder, blah, blah, blah. And then you get into the statistics and mm-hmm. all that stuff and. it should be in my mind it should be and then you get these weird Venn diagrams of like you know people that are like all about you know handmade Uh uh, welcome signs and then also you know they love kittens and you're just like handmade kitten welcome sign and then you you know hit it big with a very specific subgroup of people who may live alone and have lots of cats I'd, I'd say, like, I mean, I think any, yeah, I'd, I, I'd say any kind of good person will, any kind of good realtor will tailor it to the client. Like, if you know your client's a, a pet person, like, I feel like our brokerage as a whole is full of animal lovers, so we have dog and cat people in there. So, like, tailor to the person you're dealing with. If they love music and they have a music room, it's like, hey, I got this, you know, poster of B.B. Uh, King for you that's in the music room, or... You know, they love to cook. So give them a cutting board. Give them Cutco knives. Give them a, like, if you want to get really big, get them a nice, like, KitchenAid or something like that. Like, Man. tailor it to your, tailor it to your, uh, to your client. Like, 
I don't think my real estate agent gave me a card <laughs> to like target. Gift cards good too. I mean, it, it's been a, it's been a while. Let's be honest. It's yeah. been it's been too long. <laughs> so yeah. If you had an opportunity to sit down with your team and just get like like the basics of what you do. Like, you know, yeah, you go in and you're, you're the expert on helping tell this story to help your clients. What are some things that like the people before they bring it to you can do to help you do that better? It's yeah. like, just like one simple rule that like it's Paul Jacala's rule of doing well that I see the most with realtors in general not just our team and I feel like our team is full of people that genuinely care about their clients um, is that it, it, I would say make it about make everything you do client centric too many realtors I've seen and I'm not, I'm not just talking about our team, but like in on Instagram or on Facebook or all the language they use is the same. They talk about how awesome they are and not empathizing with their clients' problems and and trying to and offering themselves as a solution. It it drives me nuts seeing that in like any kind of industry for that matter, but specifically real estate. Um, it's there is a time to talk about yourself. There's time to talk about your accomplishments, that you were in Top Producers Mag, or that you sold this many homes. It is not the first thing out of your mouth. When you talk to, so this is the analogy I like to use, that was shared with me, or let me, let me refer, let me actually do a different analogy. If you're talking to someone, who, if you have a problem, and you're talking to a friend, are you gonna talk to the friend who says, who, which friend are you gonna talk to first? The one who says, hey, tell me what you're going through. Or are you gonna be the one who's just talking about themselves? Are you gonna to go to that person and be like, "Yeah, I've been like," uh, and they just they they funnel and they make it all about them. Mm-hmm. Like, which friend do you go to to talk about your problems? It's the one who stops to listen and that will empathize with you. And then once they've gotten all the information they need, and if you're in a, they then they can proceed to help. So similarly in marketing, not enough companies show one that they empathize with their client. People are trying to solve problems. They're trying to satisfy that survive and thrive part of their brain and their heart. And if someone is just talking about, we've been around since 1905 and we've been, we're all passionate about that. No one cares. No one cares what you're passionate about. They wanna hear, I understand what you're going through. Here's a solution. Here's a simple plan on how to get there point A to point B, hey, let's do that. If people can understand very quickly what your offer is, then they will work with you. The more energy and calories in your brain that you have to burn to understand what your company does, that's when you move on. That's when you go to websites that are a mess. It's like, where do I buy? How do I sign up? There's no button for it. It's not clearly on the page. People move on. I'm going to find a company that has a better website where I can just know where, how just to sign up and to buy the freaking thing or buy, use the service. 
So many, a great product that is poorly communicated will lose to a worse product that is communicated well. And it's a great injustice. But that's how, that's why in communication is so important. That's why marketing effectively is so important. That's why good design and interfaces are so important. Is That's what helps people buy and use your product or service. So anyways, to answer your original question, I think a lot of the collateral that people, that realtors use, they say a lot of great things, but they don't say, they're not, they're talking about themselves too much. And they're not being like, hey, I understand buying a house is stressful. Or I understand that relocation is one of the hardest things that people go through. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I understand that, um, you know, uprooting is, or uh, moving is hard. Like, and then saying from there, hey, that's when you say, hey, we've helped hundreds of clients this every year buy or sell a home. Here's how we help them. We do this, step one, step two, step three. So, hey, schedule a consultation. And they, they don't make the calls to action, like, very good either. They, anyways, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> so, I've got a problem with these guys. So, like I said, our realtors are amazing. We have some of the best realtors in, in, in the industry and in Greenville, in my opinion. I, I love our realtor team. They're great. So, as I, so, but even the best, the best of us can, you know, we, in terms of marketing ourselves, like, there's a lot of habits that I think as people we've developed, but specifically people that don't have like the marketing brain, that's why I exist, is to help guide them to use those those techniques and principles. So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing, is like use language that make your, rather than talk about like, you know, random stuff on your Instagram, make a graphic that says, here, here's, here's the five documents that you need, that you're probably gonna need when you apply for a mortgage. Hey, here are five tips that will make that are that are extremely cost effective that will make your home more appealing to uh, potential buyers. Hey, here are the ten things that you probably don't want to do. Here's a list. Here, hey, here's a free download of a sheet that's for like um, all the property that will convey with the property. Like people want convenience. They want to they want to be able to get to point A from point A to point B in like in with as little stress and hassle as possible and if you can help them do that you're going to get more buyers than you otherwise would so when you commute when you convey that to your clients or to your potential customers yeah. you show them how life can be better by working with you and not only that the things they risk by not working with you mm, right then they're more prone to work with you as well so, yeah i was about to ask like what is because there's definitely with certain any marketing you have to educate your mm -hmm. client at some level whether it's about a computer or a house mm -hmm. there is a common language that your industry will have to have mm -hmm. but your client may not be aware of mm -hmm. and learning how to educate them quickly mm -hmm. in real estate and you have a client, guess what? They probably want a house. So you know what their B is. Mm -hmm. You know what their A is. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have a roadmap. Yeah. I understand that there are, like, soft, selling software is the same thing. Like, you know there are people out there that need a word processor. So, hey, I know this guy, his name's Bill. 
he can sell you a word processor clean and simple. That's right. It is, a, it is not always a straight line. Most things aren't. But, From yeah. A to B, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. not. There's, but there's a lot of factors there's that can still... Happen. Yeah, but it can be simpler than people, like... Uh, let me rephrase that. Like, it is... Yeah, it is... It can be communicating that to others doesn't have to be as jumbled up right as because is. like if yeah. you if you had a client that said yeah we have been around let me say a real estate agent and i know there's not one i've been around since 1905 selling homes and i can help you get into a home that person may say they look at that you know i've been around for a hundred and 15, 18 years, mm -hmm. 118 years of my expertise is worthwhile. But nowadays, of oh, that's a long time. Maybe they know something. Mm -hmm. You actually, you what you're doing is you're taking the of the client or the potential client and putting it on yourself selling yourself to your client by being able to properly communicate exactly what your client needs mm -hmm. to hear. Mm -hmm. Correct. So the framework that I use, which is, it's, it's a story-based marketing framework, and it's based on this idea of everyone is the hero of their own story. They are the main character of their one living life. Story being a universally understood and way of communicating for thousands of years, people are always going to be engaged by a good story. A lot of stories use the same uh, formulas. So the basic formula that uh, StoryBrand uses is so the hero, the hero has something that they want. The hero has something that they want. So this is like... Uh, the person wants to get the girl. They want to win the marathon. They want to do that. The problem, they, they, the, but the hero also has a problem. The problem is the thing keeping them from getting what they want. So it could be that the girl's dating another guy or the guy who's the, the guy who's running one to run the marathon, he's overweight or whatever like that. So he's, he's, there's a teacher who is in a school system but the system sucks, whatever. So enter the other character who is the guide, and the guide is a device that's been used for hundreds of years, for or thousands of years. They're, they're the character who's been there, who understands. They've gone through the same thing the hero has gone through, and they can help that hero win the day. So this is your Obi-Wan, your Haymitch, your Gandalf. Like They understand what is at stake, and they can help the hero win the day. That guide gives them the plan, they call them the action so they can avoid failure and end the day and win the day in success. So too many companies want to be the hero. They instead, the paradigm shift is companies need to be being the guide. They need to be the Obi-Wan. They need to be the Yoda. They need to be the magical wizard who can give them the thing that will help that hero get from point A to point B. You're trying to help them destroy the Death Star. You're trying to help them throw the ring in the Mount Doom. You're trying to help them survive the arena. You're trying to help them survive and thrive. So that's the framework. That's the story you're inviting the client into. Because at the end of all those stories, that character is a stronger, better version of himself. They have experienced a transformation from, you're taking someone from renter to homeowner. You're taking someone from 
like someone who was maybe really unhealthy to fit and healthy. You're helping. You're so it's 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 a journey. You're inviting <laughs> as the business owner or mm-hmm. whoever you are, artist, however you mm-hmm. are perceiving yourself, you are just Virgil in someone's divine call. That because that allowed that really takes a little bit of the pressure off of you, mm-hmm. which probably helps some of your mental health. Yeah. <laughs> at least some of your yeah. real estate agents' mental health, because you're like, I bet some of them are like, this person does not need to buy a house. This is the last idea they need to be doing. But then, you know, they probably can talk them through it and be like, hey, yeah. if you're really considering this, here is the responsibility of home ownership. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, Please shy away from this responsibility. <laughs> yep. You will drill too many holes in your walls. You do not need to own a home. <laughs> that happens too. Mm, it seen does. It. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So, well, but, that's yeah. very interesting, especially in this day and age, especially with a very... You know what? I, I think it's probably always been this way mm-hmm. at, some, at the individual level. Mm-hmm. But when you get cultures involved, and then you get cultures involved where the entire culture has like very few avenues of information resources, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. You know, you've got <clears throat> this town in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. assistance living, and they don't have internet, they don't know certain things even exist, you know, the medicine doctor down the street might be the only person to help them figure out how to get well when they fall ill. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. when you open up your information, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yep. There's probably a lot of terrible stuff out there, yep. but there might be a more, a very personalized answer on your health journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And you have to pick and choose like these uh, there's a copywriter named Ray Edwards that I love. His, well, he's one of the greatest copywriters probably ever who lived. <laughs> so he's yeah he's he does he's helped hundreds of companies, maybe thousands of companies throughout his lifetime, throughout his lifetime. And he uh, he was like in his book like this stuff can be used for some really bad shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Do not basically like don't be that person. Like you can use the, the the ways that we can help people communicate better. Like we w- ideally, you want to be helping good people with good products that legitimately want to help others and increase their quality right. of life. And <clears throat> so, trying to find those people is is the is the ideal scenario. And at your job, are doing that, and trying. that's wonderful to hear. Trying, <laughs> trying to do that yeah. new every day. Oh, cool. Thank you for listening to the Negative Space Podcast. If you like this sort of content, please subscribe. We try and get an episode out every week, every other week, and we like to meet our neighbors where they are. So thank you again for listening, and go and be a good neighbor this week.